We depend largely on the public to help us solve crime. On May 10, 1967, three boys ages 11, 13, and 14 went missing in Mark Twain's hometown of Hannibal, Missouri. In season three of The Lost Boys of Hannibal, Boots on the Ground, we discover new information and details into the boys' disappearance. These are boys, little boys. You don't know what happened. You should try to find out what happened. Nothing should deter you from that. So, yeah, it angers me a little bit. When the deputy mentions these trees would have been here 51 years ago, that's when I immediately knew who we were looking for. Join us as we journey into Hannibal's biggest mystery to find the truth about what happened to Billy, Joey, and Craig. Welcome back to the Lost Boys of Hannibal podcast, which has now become the Lost Two Boys podcast. <laughs> the last of the Lost podcast, people. Uh, oh, we're giggling, Chris. No giggling. Keep it serious. Yeah, no. Keep it yep, focused. Right. You know, right. Maybe maybe that's the reason why we really haven't done another episode. Kind of maybe just done with the chitter chatter about like you know how we do our podcast. I'm sorry, we're in the middle of an investigation here. It's not like <laughs> this is something I just can read out of a really bad book like John Wingate's, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, how well, you welcome been? back. Yeah, I'm good. How about you? It's been it's been a while. It's been pretty crazy. I mean, we we have to do that that 9 to 5 thing. We have to actually yeah. go to work and 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 pay the bills and and we have a big horror festival coming up in a couple weeks here in St. Louis, which is really cool. Well, Frankie, it was funny. I, I, I told you about what was going on in my life. And I said, hey, you want to get together sometime? And, and you were like, I'm in New York. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so I waited a week. And then I sent you another message. Said, hey, what's, what's going on? Where are you at? And, well, I'm in California right now. Jeez, Frankie. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> Within two weeks, I was on the East Coast and I was on the West Coast. I had an amazing birthday. My, my girlfriend... Uh, Bailey, who some of you guys might have seen if you follow me on Instagram, but she, yeah, she took me to um, one of my paranormal haunts I've always wanted to go, which was Sleepy Hollow, New York. And a lot of people don't know that Sleepy Hollow is in New York, which is kind of funny. Everybody thinks it's always in the UK or something like that, but it's actually Terrytown, New York. Um, and what I loved about Terrytown is that this will be a yearly haunt for me and my girlfriend because it's not like Salem, where Salem's kind of cheesy. It's kind of really bought into the tourism. And, um, but Terrytown was amazing. We saw Washington Irving's grave. We did the tours, uh, learned a lot about the history of the town and all the crazy stuff that's happened with on the Hudson river, a lot of murders and mystery around the Hudson river. And then, yeah, two weeks later, I was in California visiting my best friend, Jessica, who had just moved out there. She's the vice president of training for canes. So raising canes, if you like the fried chicken, she's the one getting that done in California. So, nice. um, 
she's my number one fan of the podcast that she never listens to. So that's what, <laughs> that's what she tells me. So yeah, I've been really busy with work too. We have the election, the midterms coming up. You guys know I work for uh, indirectly with uh, the Homeland Security. So we've been working and getting getting ready for midterms and, and, and November's coming really fast. So, you know, it's just been a lot of work and you started a new job. You're yeah. doing like nine jobs. You're like me now. I'm glad yeah, I rubbed off right? on you. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, just about, again, about, a month and a half ago, I accepted a position uh, with uh, which, if you guys around here know, John Wood Community College in, in this area is as uh, an instructor uh, for the truck driving program. So that was really exciting to accept that position, and I think that kind of leans into what we're going to be talking about is just life. Yes. Is the, the you know we again Frankie's been around uh, doing things and on opposite sides of the country and and you know with new positions and that's one of the things with this we love doing this we love talking with you guys we love interacting but unfortunately uh, I guess fortunately or unfortunately this doesn't quite pay the bills so we nope. have to go do the real jobs uh, so again you know if we we don't want to give you excuses or reasons why we haven't been on but give you a little background a little information as to why it's been a little bit lacking and then also there's a little bit more in depth on that it's it's not necessarily us either as we're going to talk about in a few minutes frankie is just there's other factors involved with once you go from looking in the uh, history and looking back to moving forward and looking forward things kind of change a little bit in this uh, podcast world absolutely I, I think that when you when you look at um, the stuff that all the achievements we have made and it, it was very fast. And I still talk to, um, Jesse a lot online and Jesse was one of our forensic anthropologists who's also, you know, in the middle of doing her um, dissertation. So she has this time right now to really be focused on how she wants to present her PhD. Um, and so, you know, I see her online and going back and forth and all the stuff that she's been doing uh, with Native Americans, which I think is awesome. She did the orange shoes thing recently. So we've made these friends along the way that's really impactful and powerful uh, for our podcast. At the same time, we have this growing connection with a, with a forensic team that is just chomping at the bit to give us them, uh, give them a new location to look. And I don't think that many podcasts offer that, right? And this is after the sheer goodness of you know, them wanting to do the work that they, that, that, that they believe is their, their life's work and what they've been chosen to do here is to find remains. And, and when you look at that too, they also have other stuff that gets in the way. And we call it sweat equity at Shift Films. A lot of times we're doing work and it's coming out of our own pocket and we're doing it. And, and just to, to, to understand and just to let you know, our case is 55 years old now. Okay. 1967 was 55 years ago. We know this because the Camaro just celebrated its birthday. Hmm. And it got national news that the, the, the Chevy Camaro uh, is celebrating its 55 years on the planet. Well, what, el what else happened in 55 years, right? We had one of the most bloodiest, bloodiest wars of all time with Vietnam. We had um, crazy racial relations that were happening towards the end of when these boys went missing. We had the start of some of the most prolific serial killers of all time started in 1967. This was the summer of love. And so when we look at how far we've come and what we're able to do, what me and Chris are able to do and our team of researchers, after 55 years have passed, we look at the technology that was available for Billy, Joey, and Craig, right? And there wasn't much. Today, if you're a YouTuber and you're pretty and you're blonde and blue-eyed, you're going to get national spotlight. 
But Cassidy Rainwater didn't get that nationally spotlight in Phelps County and Rolla. Jelani Day didn't get that national spotlight because they didn't have YouTube channels. These were people, one was a young kid that was on his way with a lot of promise, going to a school, graduating soon. He was in a, uh, even, a, even in a fraternity. I see his purple and yellow on his, on his purple. His name is Jelani Day, and he was found recently in a river in Peru, Illinois. And the cops have no answers. They have no, they don't know how it happened. They don't, they just, it's such a weird, bizarre case that happened right here in central Illinois. And he's an SIU kid. Um, and this was a kid with all the promise in the world. But Jelani Day is black. So Jelani Day didn't get the, the national attention of a Gabby Petito, a YouTuber. Cassidy Rainwater, okay, out of uh, Phelps County in Rolla, does not get the spotlight. But let me tell you something about Cassidy Rainwater's case. This is how weird it's getting, okay? The two people responsible, you know, for her death might be implicated in the Springfield Three, that these people might have been responsible for the missing Springfield Three, which is a famous case in Springfield, Missouri. Their names are James D. Phelps and Timothy Norton, 58 and 56 years old. And Cassidy Rainwater was staying with James D. Phelps, and he was trying to help her get on her feet, this young, beautiful 33-year-old woman who was really trying to get on her feet and trying to get her life back, which a lot of people tend to do. And she understood where she was in this town and what was happening, and this person offered her because her parents used to own property right where James Phelps' property was. Um, but then something leaked on the dark web where Cassidy was in a cage and she was a sex slave. Then she went from that to being missing to her remains being found. When they arrested James D. Phelps, he made a joke that he was eating human remains. And here's the thing. He was eating human remains. He had served human ribs to his neighbors. This is all happening in Missouri as we stand. But these cases are not getting the attention. Why? That's the real question when you look at why are we relying on blogs and podcasts to help families? We really need to make an adjustment in ourselves and understand that missing people, it does not matter race, color, creed, ethnicity, religion, anything. It matters that they're gone and that we need to do our due diligence to find them. And so I've been helping with the Jelani Day case because Jelani Day affects me personally because I have a friend that knew him. I have a friend that is best friends with his sister. And it, it affects me personally because I know how amazing he was just from their testimony. And his case is going nowhere. And this literally happened uh, two months ago. <laughs> July 25th, Cassidy went missing. So we have a lot of stuff going on. And as a podcast, we reach out to our, to our listeners and we try to tell you the stories of cold cases. In the Gabby Petito case, they found her. They have a suspect. They know pretty much what happened. And it's an ongoing investigation. You even have Dog the Bounty Hunter that's making all these more press and more news. And you have a boyfriend in hiding. But I will remind our audience of one thing, that this is a presumed innocence country. And although we might suspect the boyfriend being involved in Gabby's disappearance, we have already tried and convicted him of doing this crime. So will he ever get a fair trial? So we have to be very, 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 very cautious of who we put out as suspects. And, and me and Chris have suspects for the Lost Boys of Hannibal, which we've never mentioned, mostly because they're still alive, living in, in right in Hannibal. But to bring things back to, to where we, me and Chris are, is that you have to understand that we're part of a, a multifaceted, you know, 
title or a group or a club called True Crime, the armchair sleuths, the people that are out there. What's different about me and Chris's podcast is the fact that it's not just telling you a story. It's trying to solve it. And that is why we rely and thank you almost weekly, if not monthly, about your patience. We don't want to put out bad content and we don't want to put out fluff. (laughs) We just don't. So that's yeah, my that's my pulpit, Chris. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and you, you brought up a couple of different things to talk about there. I'll start with what you just finished with is talking about the concept that that you know we did have a little bit of a break. And again, we don't want to give you excuses, but then on the other hand, we don't want to give you stuff that you're going to go at the end of this episode and go, what the was the point of that? Uh, well, you know, what's the point that had nothing to do with the case? So you know, that's the one thing we want to keep an eye on. And again, we talked about the looking backwards versus moving forwards. There's only so much that you can do in the world of research. And, and honestly, I feel confident that that we've exhausted a lot of our background research. I mean, I can pretty much go to any library and or have somebody send me a uh, newspaper clipping from the lot of the boys and the disappearance in 67 and i already have it i mean you get we're getting to that point where there's not so much you can do looking back as you can of looking forward and trying to figure out how you're going to find the actual boys one other thing i want to point out real quick frankie going back to your uh kind of going back to these disappearances that have happened lately sure. and talking about um Maybe you got a serial killer kind of concept going on. I read read this book recently, and it was like American serial killers of the 1900s or the 19th century or 20th century, I guess it would be. Um, and it had some really interesting stats. I talked about this on on another podcast, uh, but you know something I want to point out here just to, to ponder about. And it, it showed some stats that the FBI came across that like it was I believe it was in the upper 60 percent that serial killers that have been identified had a traumatic head injury when they were a child. Did you know about that? Uh, well, we know John Wayne Gacy did. Yeah, and that's that was where it hit me at. Uh, uh, also, um, Jeffrey Dahmer had a head injury. Uh-huh. Um, the, all these big names that you know of in the serial killer world has had traumatic head injuries in, in their life. And also, another interesting little stat, which again, this goes into what we're going to be talking about in a little bit with uh, our you know, numero numero suspect number one is talking about um, what kind of person that person is and what kind of background they had. And another statistic with these serial killers I found really interesting had to do with the idea that most of the serial killers had their father who was in either World War II or later on in Vietnam or Korea, and that they ended up kind of being an absent father after they came back from the war, uh, sometimes divorcing the family and stuff like that. So there's something else to think about when we're looking at potential suspects. And then finally, the last point I want to point out, because again, all this connects with the, with our possibility of it being a, some sort of serial killer, some somebody that killed the boys, is that... You go and look at serial killers throughout uh, the last 100 years, 120 years, and it's really amazing to look at the stats because you get in the, the 50s and 40s, it wasn't too bad. There was maybe like like 50 or 80 known serial killers. And then once you got in the 60s and the interstate system started, it shot to like 700 serial killers. And then it stayed that way until the 2000s and the 90s, where now it's back down to like 100 or 200. So it's amazing to look at, you know, with our prime of 67 with the boys, 
looking at that's you mentioned it before that was the heyday of serial killers mm-hmm. that was like the that was the golden age of serial killers in the 60s so yeah you know you could still put the concept of these boys are lost in the cave and that's not something we're discounting but you also got to keep in mind of the craziness that was going on and the crazy people that were in existence in the 60s absolutely i mean you had you had green river at the same time you had night stalker and then night stalker too right richard ramirez you had manson You know, you had Son of Sam, you had John Wayne Gacy. This is just just a nightmare. You had the Candyman, right? All at the same time. And what happens is what we believe happened, and a lot of psychologists believe happens, is that the technology, which (laughs) in medical technology that we found with DNA testing and scientists, the science that we trust, um, when it doesn't affect our daily lives, but whatever, I'm not getting d- down that rabbit hole, but the, mm-hmm. the, you know, science has really shown not only with facial recognition software that sure, we're a lot closer and it's a lot harder for people to become serial killers, but it's still, you know, we have a couple cases right now where once again, where we have a suspect boyfriend, but in Jelani Day's case, we don't have anybody. So it is still possible that you can elude and it is lower. But the other thing that that I'm reminded of constantly is the ones that got away. Like Joey, Billy, and Greg's, right? So we have Craig and we have Billy and Joey. And is it possible that the other one is linked to the Monroe City kid? Um, Is it linked to other states? Was he a truck driver? Was he... Was were these kids just in the wrong place? Was it the opportunistic killer? And how many times did these people get away? I mean, look at the Golden State Killer. (laughs) They never found him for forty decades, forty years. That's four decades. BTK, BTK, BTK. and had BTK never came out because the news threatened him, Mm -hmm. I think that BTK would still be totally fine. Oh, for sure, totally fine. For sure, you know. And that was a guy that was you know in in the Parks and Rec. This was a person that PTK. He worked in the government. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, you just never know. And once again, like as close as me and Chris have gotten. And I think for us and to reveal this now, I think you guys have been so patient and so awesome. Let us reveal, let me reveal some, some of my stuff that I've been working on. Um, We can 100% backed by the Rawls County Sheriff and the cement company. There is nothing there guys in the documentary you will see four long hard days in the dirt where we dug up a football field looking for the boys where john wingate said they would be this is not a reflection on the mediums we believe the mediums were coached into an idea of john wayne gacy and a in a place where it was private property where no one could get to um but like i've told a lot of people the thing about shift films is we lead with earnesty and integrity. And at the end of the day, it was never about making money. In fact, Shift Films put up all the money for that dig. And we took care of all the forensic anthropologists and the meals and the days in and out. We put it all up because we believe that this family deserves closure. And we will keep fighting for that as much as we can. But I have to earn in order to do that. I've thought about fundraisers. I thought about selling merch, but at the end of the day, I think me and Chris have always been tried and true on the very idea that this is something that we took it upon ourselves to do, and we are responsible for what we do. Now, Patreon helps a lot. It helps us pay our servers, and we appreciate everybody that pledges the five or ten dollars a month. We we do. It's not enough 
to pay me and Chris's bills. So we just want to remind you guys that I, we are sorry and we hate that maybe people are losing interest. We, I saw a couple posts. I didn't respond to them. It, it actually, it was more hurtful than anything. Like, hey, like I can't update you every day. You know, I am yeah. traveling a lot. I am doing the day-to-day and Chris is teaching and driving trucks and his job is is very dangerous. He can't be on his phone. He can't be talking <laughs> to me. He can't be FaceTiming me when he's driving loads in and out of, of, of the country. Um, they're regulated. I mean, they got they got software that's on his eye if he starts it's, to get- It's a $2,400 fine if I'm using a phone uh, to my <laughs> exactly when I'm on the road. Yeah, so. and that's a lot of money. And so, yeah. you know, it's just, just stuff like, you know, we wanted to kind of touch base with you guys too, but- I do want you guys to know that like in the documentary, we had uh, Lily out there, Shank with us, who, who's out of Chicago. And, and Lily just did a great job of, of being my being my director out there. I had to worry about the case and I had to, for the first time in my life, delegate. I couldn't wear all the hats. And so Lily just did a great job. She's actually in Michigan right now doing another documentary with a haunted house. It's really cool with her boyfriend. And the thing about you know having my friends come together and having Lily being out there and giving up her time to film all that for four days was amazing. And you saw some footage, and, and we'll, we'll actually share some more footage um, now that you guys know what was going on there. But we did find some interesting stuff. And you and when you tune into the documentary, you're going to be like, oh, my God, that's the site. This is the stuff we've been talking about. And and it's crazy. It really is crazy. And, and John Wingate's, you know, we've tried to reach out to him for comment um, to see, like, where he's at now. We've We both – we have both the mediums on our team now. Um, <laughs> well, let me, well, first of all, fr- Frankie, uh, this is a, uh, it may feel like it's been, you kind of feels like you skimmed over. This is a huge, huge yeah. reveal that something that we've been, we've been talking about. And it's one of those things again, where we didn't have, we wanted to make sure all the ducks were in a row before we release this information to you guys, because again, it's an active investigation. There's still things going on. Uh, but you know, we're at the point where we can go ahead and let you guys know this. And then on, honestly, Again, this was one of those things where you guys see what we're doing when we release episodes to you guys, but you're not seeing all the work that's been done, especially in 2021 with us and the boots on the ground effort. And there's more. There's other stuff that we still cannot tell you about right now until we get the proper clearance and until things are in a safe and secure place that we can release that information. But this is a big reveal because again, Frankie's alluded to him before I, uh, Jesse and, and those ga- the guy uh, gang from the forensic team, they were there all the day, all the days we had Rawls County Sheriff involved. We had the cement company involved. We've had uh, all these people yeah. involved with this. It was a huge, huge overta- undertaking. You guys, if you are in the Hannibal or Quincy area, there was the rumor mill right out of the gate. Uh-huh. The first day that we started <laughs> that something was going on and the, we kind of had to Brad Stinson kinda, shut it down. Yeah. Like Sheriff Brad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was unfortunate. There was also another thing that happened in Hannibal the weekend before all this happened that kind of made things a little confusing mm-hmm. as what exactly was going on in the Hannibal area, which, uh, to let you guys know, kind of helped us a little bit in keeping the kind of a wrap on what was happening out there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a huge thing. And not only that, I want to say this too real quick, Frankie, because I think this is very important. You mentioned it already a little bit. You know, the, uh, Soul Speak is based off of three mediums that determined that this location was the location. Um, we've spoke with two of those three mediums after the fact. Mm-hmm. And we spent time with them after the fact. Days with them. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and they are also, they're not in this for the glory. They're not into this for anything nope. else besides finding the boys. And all of them were at the point of like, all right, let's regroup. Let's think about this again. Let's go at it a different direction. And so again, um, you, you know, we can slam soul speak. And obviously it's, it's definitely a work of fiction at this point in time, uh-huh. but you can also give credit to those that were involved with it that they still want to be in there and supporting yeah. and trying to get to the ultimate goal. Yeah, I mean, and one is Hannibal's own Brittany Buckwalter. I mean, Brittany, Brittany is somebody that I believe truly. We, we talk on a daily. We, we have a good text message thing going on. I'm going to try to help her out with one of the things that she's got going on. But, you know, she's the real deal. Um, yep. Brittany and, and Mary Riley, I mean, are, are just awesome. And then the, the third... Uh, medium that was there is actually a family of the hoax. So this is this this entire book and what they were led to believe um, they were they were coached. There was a lot of things that he revealed in the book that he shouldn't have revealed in the book that they had non compete agreements uh, with Mary and stuff. And and there there are times in our own film where there's there's heated and there's frustration and there's stuff like that's going on. But at the end of the day, I don't think Candace and um, Denise sit back and say, I know they're out there because we've actually, we actually know for a fact that that's closure at some, at some stage of the game, their closure was given to the Hogue family about an area, about a book that made so much press about John Wayne Gacy being involved. And, And once again, true to everything, I think with me and Chris, I think Chris never had him above 5%. We now know that that's not even a percentage. That, that and we made sure too that you know, and not only it wasn't even us, uh, correct? The forensic team, the the sheriff's department, everybody that was involved with this wanted to make sure that the that Denise and Candace and, and the Hogue family was completely confident that this was not the location. And, and and towards the end, we were like, "Is there anywhere else that you want us to check? We're out here. Should we check?" And we did. Yeah, that's that's the thing. We wanted to make sure that we could leave that location with 100% certainty that that was not the location. And and I, I, I feel personally that that's what we ended up doing at the end of the day. I mean, one area where John Wingate points out specifically was something that the forensic anthropologist had not seen in their careers yet. And that was an area of land that had never been touched by humans. That's how great Soul Speak is. You pointed out a piece of land that was never disturbed by humans. So to say that it's a book of fiction, and if we get sued for this, okay. Um, Because it's not opinion, bud. We have it on film. There's nothing there. Um, But at the same time, we've (laughs) we've reached out for comment um, because you can't do this to families. You can't give people false hope. It doesn't work in relationships, and it doesn't work with true crime. It's the worst thing you can possibly do to family, whether his intentions were good or not. For me, this is not about selling a podcast because it's free. It's not about selling a book because we don't have one. And in the future, we'll have a film, and I don't know how it's going to get distributed, but I'll tell you one thing. It's going to have the facts that align with the case, right? Because we can only deal with the facts and how they support the argument. But the one thing that we can rule out completely, just based on that, is the fact that Brad Stinson is the right man for the job. And his sheriffs came out there every day and supported us, never qualmed, never gave us a fight, never gave us any pushback. They wanted the same closure for the families. And I have, in my life, you know, have never dealt with such 
men of God, but also people that really, really were concerned because Brad's biggest thing was, well, if they are there, we, we had, we had Chad, you know, lined up for a press release. We had everything lined up that we could possibly do. But at the end of the day, we decided not to do a press release because there's, there's no more point in, 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 in setting and talking about an area that is, and a company too. You have to understand too, like this was really spawned by our good friend, Tara Otten and her family. Um, that really wanted closure because she was one of the persons that did that. And, and that's she was the one that actually got this kind of all started on uh, our yeah. end too. And so just so you guys know, we requested Tara be there so she could also have the closure that she needed. And she was a hero that day. She really was. I know that she felt bad, you know, at the end of it, you know, but it's not something that you feel bad about. It's something that, hey, we've crossed this off the list and now we got to move. And there are areas of interest. Well, that we can move it, to, it, yeah. It, and Julie yeah, Angel, we, who was on, who was Julie on, Julie Angel was also there, also our, our there, geologist as well. And she yeah. was helping us with the washout and the rocks. And she came up with an incredible theory that we will reveal in a couple weeks when we get that more honed in. Because I think she injured herself again, Chris. <laughs> she did. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not laughing yeah. because she injured herself, but this is a person this, that is just she's funny about when she injures herself. She's like, I probably uh, shouldn't have jumped. <laughs> <laughs> So a couple things real quick. It kind of kind of put a bow on this part. It, it, you know, there was a lot of work put into it. You guys might what you Frankie has just said. Maybe some of the stuff I've just said. You're like, what are you guys talking about? And the good news is that those questions. I you're not going to get the hundred percent of the story. But when the documentary comes out, it's going to be a huge part of the documentary because there's a lot more involved to this. And, and I'll go ahead and tell it because I think it's it says a lot about how what our what our, I don't know if I want to say commitment or how how much soul that we have into this case is that when it got wrapped up, even though we were basing this off of a fiction book, that it was emotional for all of us. I I, I yeah. had I was teary eyed. I, Frankie was you know a little misty eyed. I mean it, and it's crazy because we're just podcasters, guys. This is not you know this is not our family. This but you sure. we. I feel like in the last three years, we've gotten so committed to the situation and, and become such close, you know, with the family that, you know, it kind of hit us uh, when, when it was all said and done. Absolutely. I mean, to, to not be choked up, it's, it's more of the emotional investment that you have, that there, that there was hope that, yeah. you know, maybe there, but I'll tell you one thing, I'd rather ask for forgiveness from John Wingate had that book been right you know yeah um, sure yeah we've always said frankie that yeah. if this is where it's at awesome yeah then we great found the boys good job perfect <laughs> good job um but i know for a fact the the mediums that were involved are still very much involved they're not giving up because once again going back to that 55 years when you look at it from that standpoint you have to understand that like we don't have a lot of options and that's why we've pled it well sorry we've pled with people to reveal anything that you have on our prime suspect terrence uh terrence hill terry hill um because that would really help us moving forward um so yeah it was it was a uh, i look back at the pictures now and and you know just getting off the phone with a couple people like sarah and and, and danny um jesse and um was it Kaylee, I believe? Yeah, Kaylee. Uh, yep. And, you know, and then we had um, just so many people that 
really cared. I mean, we had specialists in, there was a burn pit there, you know, that you'll see in the documentary. And his specialty was burn victims. Like he could, he could do forensic burns. He could tell if they were bones. And, and let me tell you something, they dug until we found fertile earth. And that's undisturbed. Actually, we went down to limestone. To lime, where we cracked it, remember? We cracked the limestone and had some weird smells coming out of it, which yep. was a whole other geological like which excitement was, for Julie and I. Exactly. <laughs> the student, the student and the teacher, yeah. So, yeah. you know, there was some great times. There was some ups and downs. And I think at this whole, the whole time, I mean, you know, I, I do realize that a couple things do come out of it. Um, you know, Denise and Candace were there on site. And that was something that we promised them that we'd we'd, yeah. we'd have them there, and they were nothing but professional. And she does make a really good chicken salad. Like that's a thing. Yeah. Mm, that's a thing. Very good. It's a thing. So and peanut butter and jelly and peanut butter and jelly. So yeah. you know, we we did what we could to to get through the days, and it was a really fun. And I think forever uh, we're bonded. All of us that were out there um, yeah. were kind of bonded with that, and it's a memory that I'll keep near and dear. Because I know that there are more memories like that to make, and hopefully one uh, that will reveal um, where our boys are. Well, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit heading uh, to the next piece of this puzzle is that we have been doing still some research in the last few months, and and we were able to work with uh, the uh, Hannibal Grange University, which used to be HLG, Hannibal Grange College, but now it's university. And we uh, worked in the library for a little while and going through their yearbooks. And, uh, you know, we've really had our eye on Terry Thomas Terry Hill, Terry Hill, Thomas Hill, whatever you want to call him. Uh, and we knew he was an HLG student. And so come to find out, HLG had yearbooks. And so we were able to track down the yearbooks and be able to find pictures of Terry Hill, which we're going to be having posted. And uh, Frankie, one of the goals we have with getting this out there to the public is because you know, Terry Hill in 1963, 1964 is very prevalent in the Hannibal area. And we're hoping that if we put this picture of him from that time period out there, that maybe it's going to stir up some memories for some of the people that were in the area, maybe give us a lead that we haven't had before. So that is our goal uh, with what we're doing with us putting out this picture. Absolutely. And we also had some great help from the great state of Texas. Um, the DA of Texas uh, heard our plea, listened to our podcast, and said, "You know what? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna abide by the laws, but we're gonna bend them a little bit for you." Um, and uh, right, staying on the law, he released all the photos of Tammy Terrence Hill when he was convicted, and we have all those pictures. And I think that when you saw the Slack channel kind of light up like a Christmas tree, when I started uploading all these documents, they're like, Frankie, how did you get this? I said, it wasn't me. It's, it's the story. The story moves people. It still does. I mean, because, you know, even Kyle, when we interviewed Kyle for the documentary, who's a police officer, I mean, he even, he was choked up by it. He just doesn't understand that. Like, you know, how are we, and it's just, it's just not, it's our three because it's our podcast, right? There are so many other kids and children that are missing that could all be part of the same network. We don't, we don't know anymore. Um, yeah. We just don't know anymore that maybe they were and they, and, and, and the odds still, Chris lie within possible cave systems. We, we hear you. We, we see your messages on, we may not respond to every comment, but we read them. And yes, a lot of you, we have not given up on the caves. We have not given up on underground. We have not done any of that. The salacious path. That's why me and Chris chose to split. 
where Chris is going down the caving path, geological path, and I was staying with the true crime stuff. But we, we kind of intermittently kind of cross over sometimes where Chris is reading books about serial killers to kind of understand the nature of, you know, what could have happened to the boys in that sense of a more salacious end. Um, my end is always, I, I, would, I would love for it to be something they enjoyed and loved doing. And, you know, even people to this day that climb Mount Everest know the chance uh, that they might not make it back. You know, but it's something that they enjoy doing, something they love doing versus the horrific uh, ends of these people like a Tommy Terrence Hill who was convicted in Texas. Um, and so, yeah, we'll reveal those pictures. And I think that's that's an important message to to get to people, get to your aunts and uncles and grandparents. Share, share, share. Yeah. And saying, yeah, I do remember that guy because there's still a story that that exists and it exists within the first writer who ever wrote about the three boys. There is a story there. And some of that story that is told, not all of it, but some of it, um, is, is a path for me. And it's a hard path, but it's a lot like a comic book. You see, there are superheroes and there are villains. And we're really trying to tell a story about something, but we're hiding information. Well, some of that information can't be hidden. And some of that information overlaps pretty well. And so maybe we take a look once again, at an interview we did ugh, over a year and a half ago, and line it up with what's going on with Tommy Terrence Hill. Yeah, so that's something we're we're definitely going to be working on. We'll be sending those pictures out, uh, Frankie. Before we wrap up, I know we're getting close to that time, which I was expecting this to be an update and ended up becoming a full full blown episode with some great information. Oh, well, so, they deserve it. <laughs> yeah, you surprised me with some of that information. Uh, but I do want to point out one other thing again. We had a little bit of a lack of getting out to you. And again, we don't want to have fluff pieces. We don't want to give you stuff that's not going to be helpful for what we're trying to do. And again, we're moving forward. We're boots on the ground. That's what the season's been all about. When you have boots on the ground, it's not like you can still be on a schedule where you're doing it every two weeks and giving you new information because you have multiple entities and multiple other people that are working to try to get this solved for us mm -hmm. and, and have all that work. And I've said this in our, in our discussion group and I think on our Facebook page as well. You know, we have uh, other entities that are involved and other agencies that are involved that we're not the ones that can say, here you go, here's your information. You know, there's a cooperative effort that's going on yeah. to do that. And so with that in mind, he, guys, just can't uh, reemphasize enough that uh, this is not going to be consistent for the rest of the season. However, we are hoping and we've gotten some good words that possibly we're going to have some pretty good stuff to tell you uh, coming up towards the end of this month and into November of 2021. So keep that mind if you don't see us in the two-week schedule just understand we're still working hard again boots on the ground has never been more prevalent than has been in 2021 frankie and uh so keep that in mind but uh, we'll have some very very exciting news for you coming up as we move along absolutely and, and patreon is uh, still out there and available um that, that'll help us kind of chug along um you can follow us on shiftfilms.net as well we have a Han lost boys of hannibal page up there as well that will give you more information uh we'll start releasing some trailer information um they're more stingers than trailers. We don't only really have the film put together. We do have some great footage that we've kind of edited together. We'll be sharing that with you. But also the thing that um, I want you guys to remember is keep commenting. Um, keep sending us messages. We don't care if it's a stupid detail like, you know, Joey found a rabbit. We, 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 we need to know all that. Um, so don't hide. We don't care if we've heard it a thousand times. Our research team is there and they can delineate that. And if it is something that's really spicy, we have – 
sheriffs that are willing to look into this now. Um, I don't know about the Hannibal Police Department. Um, I think they were pretty hurt a lot by one of those films that came out. And so we have not approached them. But once again, that's another path that we do have in mind. It's just not the right temperament right now. Um, this is the problem with, you know, horror film makers making documentaries and trying to make them scary and spooky. Um, and basically, once again, ash canning a town to get ratings. And so that hurts us as investigators because if honestly ask yourself if you were a police officer right now, would you want to talk to us? <laughs> um, so it's like, <laughs> oh, another documentary film company wants to come at us again. Um, so with that, Chris, um, you know, keep commenting, uh, give us those messages. And thank you for all the reviews too. We've gotten so many good reviews. A ton of reviews. Uh, which were awesome. I know somebody was very cadre and got really mad about us begging for reviews on Apple. And it's not begging. It's just... That's how the game's played. That's how the game's played. Listen to any podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe. You know, like, you know, we'd be like... Uh, hey, on that note, we, we're still in the top 100 on Podbeam of all podcasts. Yes. Uh, so that's awesome. And our iTunes numbers have been going up. So again, give us a review on iTunes. We appreciate it. Thanks again to Podbean. We can't give them enough praise for exactly. getting, us, uh, getting those those features and, and giving us some yeah. love on, on their stuff. I think Podbean actually listens to our podcast. I, th- I just think I might. They, yeah, yeah, I they think they do. <laughs> <laughs> Got to listen to this. So we've made a little bit of an impact in our, in, our, in, our, um, in our part of the world. And as we enter boots in the ground to, you know, hopefully maybe a third um, communicator award. Uh, the awards are coming up soon, so we'll be entering the third episode, the third season. Uh, so maybe three times a charm. I don't know. Um, you got room up there. Uh, we do. You have a nice little <laughs> shelf you built. Um, I've got one downstairs uh, where I look up. And so, yeah, so we will be in touch with, um, we're going to try to have Candace on one of these episodes. Uh, her schedule has been crazy too. So we're going to definitely going to have Candace because I, I would love for you guys to hear um, from Candace too. I think that'd be a great episode. So we'll put that together for you guys. But like I said, we can't do any of these schedules right now without clearance from, you know, state and government agencies that are involved. And we just don't want to hurt our chances of finding these boys because we might not be involved if we did something like that. So yeah. I really hope you guys understand, you know, why we've been so, um, you know, absent if you would, but just know that our research team is keep going at it. And if you have lost interest, we hope that this episode gives you some more interest and some things to think about. So from all of us here at the Lost Boys of Hannibal Podcast, I'm Frankie. I'm Chris. We'll be seeing you guys.